0: Welcome to the Nature of Joy podcast, my name is Jeremy Bell, let's get started. The Jews celebrate Passover and the Christians celebrate Easter. Both reflect with reverence and awe over the Old Testament portion of the Bible. Passover is a Jewish remembrance of their freedom from slavery well over 3,000 years ago they remember the events that led them out of egypt while eating the passover meal a meal prescribed by the god who led them out most critically they ascribe to god their deliverance and salvation from their enemies christians celebrate this too the difference is that christians have a name jesus jesus a jew came proclaiming himself to be god and to be the specific name of salvation not from just egyptians but from spiritual death that enslaves people now and causes eternal separation from God when they present their actions in consciousness before the judgment of God after physical death. God's plan of salvation has always been to save as many who would believe, first for the Jews, then for everyone else. But I digress. On this recording, I want to take time to remember the feelings and thoughts of Jesus. You can read about his life in the Gospels of the New Testament. You can read what he fulfilled through the prophets and psalms of the Old Testament. For me, it's easy to put Jesus on the God shelf and make him a subject rather than a real person who lived, who suffered, who cried, and who had emotions. The following is taken from a few passages from the WEB translation of the Bible, Remember, the Bible was not written in English, and so many translations exist to best convey the written text. Some reading is direct from Scripture. Some is my own summarization. I encourage you to read the Bible. Don't take my word for it or trust that I am conveying this correctly. This is what I hear. This is what the Holy Spirit says to me through the words of Scripture, and I know he will speak with you. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The Word became flesh and lived among us. We saw his glory, such glory as the one and only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, who existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. Taking the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death. Yes, the death of the cross At the end of the ministry of Jesus, we find him and his followers observing the Passover meal and reclining. I would imagine he shared the story of God and Moses and the slavery of the Jewish people in Egypt. He likely talked about the plagues God sent to the Egyptians to get them to let the people go, with the final act being the blood of the lamb on the doorposts. This signified that death would Pass over those that were covered by the blood, sparing life. A lot could be said about this conversation, but it was a meaningful night to be sure. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go there and pray. And he took with him Peter and two more and began to be sorrowful and severely troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, What, couldn't you watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you don't enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went and came again and every time found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Arise, let's be going. Behold, he who betrays me is at hand. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of his close followers, his disciple, came with a great multitude with swords and clubs from the chief priests and elders of the people. Judas, who was betraying Jesus, had given the multitudes a sign saying, Whoever I kiss, he is the one. Sees him. Immediately he came to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. And Jesus said to him, Friend, why are you here? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. Then all the disciples, Jesus' friends and followers, left him and fled. Those who had taken Jesus led him away to the high priest where the scribes and the elders were gathered. The chief priests, the elders, and the whole council looked for false testimony against Jesus so they might put him to death, and they found none. Peter, one of Jesus's close friends and followers, was sitting outside in the court, and a maid came to him saying, You were with Jesus, the Galilean, but he denied it, saying, I don't know what you're talking about. And when he had gone to the porch, someone else saw him and said to those who were there, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth, and again he denied it with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those who stood by came and said to Peter, Surely you are also one of them, for your speech makes you known. Then he began to curse and swear. I don't know the man. Peter remembered Jesus had said to him, You will deny me three times. And Peter remembered that he had strongly refuted him and said that he could never deny him. Peter went out and wept bitterly. When morning had come, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. They bound him, led him away, and delivered him up to the governor. The governor was accustomed to release to the multitude one prisoner who they desired. They had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas, when therefore they were gathered the governor said to them whom do you want me to release to you barabbas or jesus and they said barabbas and the governor said to them what then shall i do to jesus who is called christ they all said to him let him be crucified that is die by hanging on a cross and the governor said why what evil has he done But they cried out exceedingly, saying, Let him be crucified. He released Barabbas to them, but Jesus he flogged. That is, they beat him bloody with whips and sharp objects and delivered him to be crucified. Then, in front of many soldiers, they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They braided a crown of thorns and put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. The reed is a long branch of a bush with fine hairs at the end. They kneeled down before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. When they had mocked him, they took the robe off him and put his clothes on him. They led him away to crucify him. During the crucifixion, they divided his clothing among them and they sat and watched him. They set up over his head the accusation written against him, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Those who passed by spoke offensively at him, wagging their heads, and continued to mock and taunt him. Likewise, the chief priests with the scribes and the Pharisees and the elders also mocked him. Now, From the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Pause and consider. The word became flesh. The word was full of grace and truth. The word was Jesus. Jesus, being in very nature God, was left by his friends, betrayed by a close friend, wrongly accused by the religious people, and wrongly punished by the government. He then was beaten bloody, mocked, and tortured to death on a cross. Being in very nature God, he did not excuse himself from the pain, sorrow, suffering, and death of the creation he made. And now, what was he thinking? Was he full of positivity because he knew the end? Was he so far removed from human experience he could feel and hope like no one else ever could? No. That is not the story and not what we read. We do have insight to his dying thoughts, and they are found in the Psalms. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Listen to this from the Psalms. In the Old Testament, written about 1,000 years before Jesus lived, if you have ever related to any of this, or if you ever do, know that Jesus felt this and shares it with you. Listen. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? My God, I cry in the daytime, but you don't answer. In the night season, and am not silent, but you are holy. You who inhabit the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted, and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not disappointed. But I am a worm. And no man a reproach of men and despised by the people all those who see me mock me they insult me with their lips they shake their heads saying he trusts in Yahweh let him deliver him let him rescue him since he delights in him but you brought me out of the womb you made me trust while at my mother's breasts I was thrown on you from my mother's womb You are my God since my mother bore me. Don't be far from me, for trouble is near, for there is no one to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They open their mouths wide against me, lions tearing prey and roaring. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. Is melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have brought me into the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. A company of evildoers have enclosed me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them. They cast lots for my clothing, but don't be far off yahweh you are my help hurry to help me deliver my soul from the sword my precious life from the power of the dog save me from the lion's mouth yes you have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen i will declare your name to my brothers among the assembly i will praise you you who fear yahweh praise him all you descendants of jacob glorify him stand in awe of him all you descendants of israel for he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted neither has he hidden his face from him but when he cried to him he heard my praise of you comes in the great assembly i will pay my vows before those who fear him the humble shall eat and be satisfied they shall praise yahweh who seek after him Let your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to Yahweh. All the relatives of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingdom is Yahweh's. He is the ruler over the nations. All the rich ones of the earth shall eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust shall bow before him, even he who can't keep his soul alive. Posterity shall serve him. Future generations shall be told about the Lord. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness to a people that shall be born, for he has done it. I personally can't help but wonder that the very next psalm must have come to his mind. Listen. Yahweh is my shepherd. I shall lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and loving kindness shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in Yahweh's house forever. Jesus cried again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Now, after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from the sky and came and rolled away the stone from the door and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. The angel answered the women, Don't be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who has been crucified. He's not here, for he has risen, just like he said. Come. See the place where the Lord was lying. Go quickly and tell his disciples. He is risen from the dead, and behold, he goes before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. They departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and ran to bring his disciples' word. As they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! Jesus died for our sins. He was buried. He was raised on the third day. He appeared to Peter, then to the twelve, then he appeared to over five hundred at once. Jesus, the Son of God, is a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. We don't have a high priest who can't be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but one who has been in all points tempted like we are. Yet without sin, Jesus has become the collateral of a better promise. Many, indeed, have been made priests because they are hindered from continuing by death. But he, because he lives forever, has his priesthood unchangeable. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, saying that he lives forever to make intercession for them. Unless one is born of water and spirit, he can't enter into God's kingdom. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. No one has ascended into heaven but he who descended out of heaven, the Son of Man, who is in heaven. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God didn't send his Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged." Who has believed our message? To whom has Yahweh's arm been revealed? For he grew up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no good looks or majesty. When we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering and acquainted with disease. He was despised as one from whom men hide their face and we didn't respect him surely he has borne our sickness and carried our suffering yet we considered him plagued struck by god and afflicted but he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities the punishment that brought our peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed all we like sheep have gone astray everyone has turned to his own way and yahweh has laid on him the iniquity of us all he was oppressed yet when he was afflicted he didn't open his mouth as a lamb that is led to the slaughter and as a sheep that before its shearers is silent so he didn't open his mouth he was taken away by oppression and judgment As for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living and stricken for the disobedience of my people. They made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased Yahweh to bruise him. He has caused him to suffer. When you make his soul an offering for sin, He will see his offspring he will prolong his days and Yahweh's pleasure will prosper in his hand after the suffering of his soul he will see the light and be satisfied my righteous servant will justify many by the knowledge of himself and he will bear their iniquities therefore I will give him a portion with the great he will divide the plunder with the strong because he poured out his soul to death and was counted with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. God, be merciful to me, a sinner, a transgressor. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening. I challenge you to do something with it. As for me... If you go to natureofjoy.com, there's a survey and I would love to hear your thoughts.